All right, Shabbos, say good morning. An incredible daf ahead of us today. We have actually a lot to do today. want to begin by thanking our Talmud Torah sponsors. As I mentioned yesterday, Baruch Hashem, we have four Talmud Torah sponsors this month, which is pretty incredible. To thank Stephen Terry Zinn for dedicating all the Shreem and this month in honor of the birth of their first grandson, grandchild, Adin Svi Hachbaum, to thank Benjamin Wall for dedicating all the Shirman Drushos this month, and Atakara Satov to Maishi Abramson and to Jeremy Lassen, who enable so many to be able to learn to get Torah together with us, to thank Shimeon Batsheva Messing for dedicating all the Shirman Drushos this month in honor of the Bas Mitzvah of their daughter Laila, and to thank Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all the Shirman Drushos this month in memory of Paul's parents. Paul's, I'm sorry, Paul's father, Shmuel ben Zechariah, is his mother, Leah Bas Avram, great-grandmother, Cyril Bas Rabdov. And to thank our Dafyomi sponsors, Meshin Chavi Ibrimson, for dedicating all of Parak Arve Psochim in the Zuchos of Rafu Shlema for Daniel Meir ben Chana. Well, see, with that, let us begin. So today's Daf is Kofiud Dalit, 114. We have a lot to do today still on Kofiud Gimel on the Bays. We left off on Kofiud Gimel Ahmed Bays. And we left off with Tanarabana. So we'll say we are in the wide lines, in the wide lines, two, four, six lines into the wide lines. So we'll say some incredibly beautiful Gemara today. Hebron, Zoom, you hear me all right? Excellent. Okay, good. So we'll say, so with that, we go on. Tanarabanam, Shlosha Chayen Enen Chayen. There are three people whose lives are not lives, right? Their lives are not lives. Who are they? The Gemara says, Harachmonin, Vaharaschonin, Vanini Hadas. We'll say this is really incredible. Three people whose lives are not lives, which means three people who have difficulty, who have just difficulty each and every day of life. And who are they? People who are overly compassionate, people who are easy to anger, and people who are very delicate. So if you look at the Rashbam, the Rashbam says, Harachmonin, Yosemidai, Vahani Shlosha Mile, Dover Hatadir Bohen Kosha. So we'll say, the Rashbam says what it really means is there are three people who don't find any menucha in life. They just don't find any menucha. So we'll say, what does this mean? Somebody's overly compassionate. Isn't being compassionate a good thing? If somebody is very sensitive, there's so much difficulty and there's so much sadness and there's so much suffering in the world. So if you're an overly compassionate individual, it's difficult to find menucha. Raschanin, there's no shortage, there's no shortage of things to get the person angry in this world. No menucha. Anini hadas, a very delicate individual, same thing. There's no shortage of things which can make a person a little bit squeamish. So if you possess these, ty- these three types of midos, then ultimately, again, a person finds no menucha. Amrav Yosef, Kulu isnubi. Rabbi Yosef says, by the way, I possess all of these midos. Okay. Tanarabanan. Shlosha sonin zezeh. There are three things or three, three groups which hate each other. Elohein. Haklovim dogs. Tarnagolin. Vahachabarin. So again, I will say these are all, again, at least for the klovim and Tarnagolin. So these are, the animals fight over the scraps. Chabarin. This was a group of people, a group of Persians. Beish omim afhazonos. Some say also zonos. Again, fighting over business. And some say even the Tamidi Chachamim of Bavel. So I'll say this, the Gemara elsewhere also discusses the distinction between the Tamidi Chacham of Bavel and the Tamidi Chacham of Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, they were no chen zelo They were much kinder to each other versus in Bavel, 
they were a bit more caustic to one another. Turn around on Shlosha Av and Zazah. There are three groups where everybody loves each other. Eiluhein, Hagerim, Avodim, Va'arvin. So I'll say Gerim. So interestingly enough, these were often groups who, who sometimes were shunned by others. So as often happens, when you have groups of people who are shunned by others, they often band together. So Gerim, unfortunately, could be shunned by others. Avodim and Arvin, the Braven. Arba in Adasovlasan. There are four people who there are four people who again when you see them, when you see them, at the end of the day, people can't tolerate them. Who are these individuals? Dalga, a poor person who is arrogant. Right? They will say it doesn't make any sense that a poor person what does he have to be arrogant about? Ani Mikhaish, a rich person who refuses to pay his debts. Who when again literally means he contradicts that when he's told he owes money he contradicts zaki menayf an immoral old man. See, I will say by the time a person is old, those fires of desire are quieted. So a young person who's immoral, I understand, but an old person who's immoral, it doesn't even make sense. Oparnis miska alatzibar bechinam, and a leader who goes ahead and asserts himself over the tzibar for no reason. Miska literally means he acts in a haughty way. Over the tzibur for no reason. Others say this also applies to a man who divorces his wife a first time and a second time and remarries her each time. I have a Tanakama. So why doesn't the Tanakama include this last one of a man who divorces his wife a first time remarries her, second time remarries her? To which says, sometimes there's a good reason for that. Sometimes the Tanakama, sometimes he has to remarry her. Why? Because he can't afford her ksuva. Or suddenly he has to remarry her just simply because he can't afford the divorce settlement. Inam, the other possibility is other times they have children and he realizes that for the benefit of the children he needs to remarry her. Five things Kanan, Kanan, the son of Noah, commanded his sons. So the Gemara says, Avu love each other. Avu love theft. Avu love immorality. Son of Asadonichan, hate your masters. Vialtidabru MS and never speak the truth. Good fatherly advice from uh, from Kinan. There are six qualities that are said about a horse. Oives Aznos, the horse apparently is very immoral. Oives Hanulchama, the horse loves battle. Rucho Gasa, the horse is an arrogant animal. Moes Hashina, the horse does not really sleep that much. It eats a lot and excretes a little. Others say also a horse will try to kill its owner over the course of battle. So we'll say the Rashbam points out these are important details to know for Mekach umemkar purposes, right? When, when purchasing ours. Shiva There are seven individuals who are excommunicated. There are seven people who have fallen out of favor with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. These are them. Someone who is not married. I will say, this refers to someone who does not try to get married. Someone who does not make an effort to get married. Or someone who is married doesn't have children. Same thing. A person who doesn't make an effort to have children. We'll say, obviously we know that sometimes a person could try hard and not find the shidduch. Same way, Rahman, a person could be married and not have children. 
those individuals are not chas to shalom excommunicating around the Baruch. So when somebody doesn't make an effort, someone doesn't make an effort to find the shidduch, someone doesn't make an effort to have a family, or one who has children but does not raise them, but does not raise them to learn and to appreciate Torah, or and someone who does not wear tefillin on his head or tefillin on his arm or tzitzis on his clothing or mezuzahs in his home. So we'll say, remember again, it's actually a very profound formulation, right? Because if you think about that, that string of things, it's talking about a person who does not surround himself with Kedusha. Think about what is the point of mitzvos? The point of mitzvos is to envelop us in holiness. I have tefillin on my arm. I have tefillin on my head. I have tzitzis on my clothing. I have a mezuzah on my door so that wherever I go and wherever I am in life, I am enveloped by Kiddusha. That's the point of mitzvos. The Rebbe is not trying to control. The Rebbe is not trying to give us stuff to do, give us his spiritual busy work. But the entire idea is to envelop one in holiness. So a person who does not avail himself of the opportunity to envelop himself in holiness, the Gemara says, is he's excommunicated. Not because HaKadosh Baruch Hu excommunicates him, but because he excommunicates himself. You don't take advantage of the opportunities to, on your arm, on your head, on your baggage, on your home, to envelop yourself in Kedusha. You're pushing yourself away from the Ribbono Shalom. It's incredible. And one who goes ahead and doesn't wear shoes. We spoke about this in yesterday's daf as well. How Chazal felt that walking around barefoot was like such a degradation. So a person who allows himself to be degraded in this way is also cast off from HaKadosh Baruch Vish Omrim, Af Misha'in Mesev Bechabura Shaman. So Bosev is actually quite beautiful. Who else is excommunicated from God? Someone who doesn't recline in the company of a mitzvah. Now, if you look at the Rashbam, the Rashbam says, Bechabura Mitzvah, Kigo Mishta Shal Brismila, Obas Koin Lekoin. So this is interesting. This is someone who doesn't partake of an opportunity at a Sudas Mitzvah. Such an interesting thing. So if there's a Sudas Mitzvah and you don't partake of it, such a person is cut off from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Which will say such a beautiful Yisun, because what it also says, why? I don't understand. This doesn't seem to work, you know, with all of, all of the other things. Well, if you think about this, what's wrong with not partaking in a Sudas Mitzvah? Because what it says so beautifully, this idea is when you partake of a Sudas Mitzvah, you're also fostering relationships with others. Right? Yes, I'm participating in a mitzvah and I'm fostering a relationship with others. If you don't take the opportunity to foster your relationships with community, with others, such a person is cast off from the Ribbon of Shalom. Again, like I always say with these Gemaras, so much more than what we're covering inside. But you'll, you'll go back and look at it on your own as well. How do you know that you can't consult the Chaldeim? So I'll say the Chaldeim were individuals who used to, well, I guess in English we use the word necromancers, right? They are people who consulted with the dead, sorcery, kishuv, tell the future. Because the Pasuk says, be complete with Hashem your God. And Rashi over there already comments and he says, don't try to understand the future. Don't try to tell the future. Okay. How do you know that if you know that your friend is superior to you, even in one area, that you're obligated to give him covet? In other words, if your friend is superior to you in one area in life, whatever the area is, you're obligated to give him covet. 
Cold survey. The pasuk of Kibbutz Iraqi say Rabbi. Vayosheves al damtar asur v'shamish al kama. It's also this interesting halacha. Remember again, mida oraisa, mida oraisa. After a woman gives birth to a girl, she's tamei for seven days. To a boy, I'm sorry, for 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 fourteen days. For a boy, seven days. And then afterwards, there's a period of damtohar, which means biblically speaking, she could even if she bleeds. Technically speaking, that dam is tahora. That time is totally ritually pure. So the Gemara says, so again, we, we obviously don't, we, we don't really hold by this biblical model today. We have a different rabbinic model, which has replaced this. But the Gemara says over here that halacha lamaisa, how do we know that after a woman finishes her period of dam tohar, that halacha lamaisa, she has to wait a certain amount of time before being with her husband, out of concern, out of concern that if she bleeds after the period of dam tohar, she may confuse that dam and think that it is dam tohar still, when in fact it's really dam tomei. So how long does she have to wait? Amarav, Ona, one period, one period, which again, Rashbam points out is a day and a night. Tana, hu Yosef ish hutzal, hu Yosef abavli, hu isi ben gur, arye hu isi ben Yehuda, hu isi ben gamliel, hu isi ben mahalalel. So we'll say, so again, the Gemara is just saying over here that the individual who is identified as Yosef Ish Hutzal is also the same person known as Yosef Ababli, same person known as Isi Bargurye, also the same person known as Isi Ben Yehuda, also the same person known as Isi Ben Gamliel, also the same person known as Isi Ben Mahalo. He's all the same person. Umashmo, what was his actual name? Isi ben Akavya Shmo. His name was Isi ben Akavya. Good. Rabbi Yitzchak ben Tavlo, Sigmar says similarly, Hu Rabbi Yitzchak ben Tavlo, Hu Rabbi Yitzchak ben Chaklo, Hu Rabbi Yitzchak ben Elah, Hu, top of Kofiyah Dalid, Hu Rabbi Yitzchak ben Acha, the Shmaitu. So both say these are all the same person, but by the way, when the Gemara quotes, when the Gemara quotes a, a halacha, a Shua we call the Shmaisa, so the Gemara says, that he's known by the name of Rabbi Yitzchak ben Acha and Rabbi Yitzchak ben Pinchas da Agarata. And he knows Rabbi Yitzchak ben Pinchas when he's quoted in the context of an Agarata. Vesimarach, and the way to remember again, Yitzchak ben Acha for Halacha, Yitzchak ben Pinchas for Agarata, Vesimarach, Shimu na Achai Vereai. So we'll say it's a great, it's a great play on words. So Shimu na, when it's a Shmaisa, which is a Halachic ruling, Achai, Rabbi Yitzchak ben Acha. Beautiful. Amrabah Barbarachan Ar Rabbi Yochanan Mishra say third line Kuf Yudalam Adalif. Sorry for the pace. Amrabah Barbarachan Ar Rabbi Yochanan Mishum Dir Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eloi Echol Batzal V'Sheiv Batzel. We'll say this is great. Eat an onion Batzal and sit in the shade. Now we'll say now what does that mean? Now when you see this Kimara, at first glance maybe just what it means is Chazal giving us like some medical advice again that when you eat onions. When you eat onions, you should have a little bit of shade. After you look, look, look what the Rashbam says. This is incredible. The Rashbam says, Echol batzal v'shev batzel. Echol batzal o'yurakos. If you, if you accustom yourself to eating onions or other vegetables, v'teshev batzel b'secha. You will be able to sit in the shade of your home. V'altitztarech limkar b'secha. You won't have to sell your home. Others will say, this is incredible. Rabbi Rachana is saying, live within your means. Live within your means. And if so, again, means eat simple food and, you, and you'll be able to sit in the shade of your home. You won't have to sell your home. We'll say, what an incredible you. So live within your means. Yeah, we'll say, it's, it's incredible to understand that the notion 
of social pressure and keeping up with the Joneses is not a new phenomenon. It's human nature. It's human nature. And it's human nature to see something that someone else has and of course wanted. If it wasn't human nature, there wouldn't be one of the Dibros that says, Lo Sachmod. It's human nature to want to keep up with what you see everyone else doing. The problem just is, if you try to keep up and you can't keep up, it, well, you should never try to keep up. That's, that's number one. Right? Life's not about keeping up. But the problem is if a person lives beyond their means, they compromise every other aspect of their existence. So the Gemara says, if you live within your means, achal batzal just means eat onions. You don't have to eat onions if you don't want to, but if all you could afford is onions, eat onions. And if you do so, a shave but sell, you'll be able to keep the rest of your life in proper equilibrium. So profound. So the Gemara goes right there. So along the same lines, don't eat geese and chickens and let, lest your, let, let your heart not run after them. So again, Rashbam says, If you get accustomed to the finer things in life, the problem is, you know, we'll say, it's easy to, we all know this, what begins as a luxury very quickly becomes a necessity. That's fine if your lifestyle could support that. But if your lifestyle can't support that, you could put yourself in some significantly difficult situations. This is very interesting. Spend less money on your food and drink and spend more money on your home. So I'll say, so this, this could be investment advice, right? That, that maybe again, spend less money on food and drink and invest in your real estate, right? Because your home is your one, is, is, is one of your major assets. So, or, or, or on, a, on a metaphoric level, what it also means is as follows, you know, food and drink goes, the home represents something that remains. So it could be that in life, in life, go ahead and invest your time and energy, not into fleeting things, but into things that ultimately endure. On even a deeper metaphorical level, the home being referred to over here may not be the home of Olam Hazet at all, but may refer ultimately again to the home of Olam Haba. The home of Olam Haba. So we'll say, how much am I investing? You know, you know, every, you know, we think about retirement, so we think about, you know, Century Village. You know, I'm going to buy a place in Boca. Right? So, so, you know, we'll say, so, so the ultimate retirement is where I'm moving to after 120. So what does my place look like over there? Right? What, what kind of place am I arranging for myself after 120? So the Gemara says, Try to diminish the amount of time you focus on the pursuits of Olam Hazah, and make sure that you're investing in your eternal domicile, in what your Olam Haba is going to look like. How much effort are you putting into your retirement, so to speak, with the real retirement after 120 bucks? It's such, such a profound yisod. Ki Ula Amar. When Ula came along, he said, Misla mislin b'ma'arava, da'achil al-alisa, I'm sorry, so let me, let me go back and read that again. So the Rava says, um, I'm sorry, Kiyasu Ula, when Ula came along, he said, Amar misla mislin. If you look, if you look at, uh, if you look at the Rashbam, so the Rashbam says over here, he says, uh, well, let me read the rest of the verse. Misla mislin b'ma'arava, da'achil alisa, tashi ba'aliyasa. See, he says something very interesting. He said, he said as follows, the Akhil Alisa, if a person goes in and eats Alisa, the Rashbam says, Alisa is, is, Alya Kilomar Basar Shamin Tamid. If a person who always goes in and eats fatty meat, which was a delicacy, 
person always eats fatty meat, he's going to have to go ahead and hide in the attic. Again, it's a play on words, right? Alisa, aliasa. If you eat fatty meat, you're going to have to hide in the attic. Why are you going to have to hide in the attic? Because says the Rashbam, he says, Kishabon letovo akfosav hunistar she'in biyodom Because what's going to happen? See, if you live beyond your means, then when the creditors come to go out and collect their debts, you're going to have to hide in the attic. So he who, he, he who lives beyond his means... And eats delicacies all of the time. When the creditors come, he's gonna have to go into the attic. However, the achel kakuli akikli demasa shachiv. But a person who eats kakuli, which Drashban points out over here, are yurakos, are vegetables. Vegetables was always just representative of simple foods. So a person who lives within his means, literally, again, it means he could sleep in the garbage dump. I wasn't, I wasn't going to sleep in the garbage dump. The garbage dump was a public space. So a person who lives beyond his means may have to hide in the attic from his creditors. But a person who lives within his means has the ability to dwell in the public sphere, and he need not be concerned with avoiding anyone. But say su- such an incredible yisod. So you see the Gemara Chazal reinforcing this idea over and over. Live within your means, but live within your means for a couple of reasons. Number one, on a financial level, if I live within my means, so first of all, I don't have to run from anyone. If I live within my means, then I have the ability to make sure that I spend my money on the things that are important in life. But on a deeper level, living within your means is also Chazal's way of saying, have priorities in life. Have priorities. Make sure that you don't spend the majority of your time investing in your home in Olam Hazeh and neglecting your home in Olam Haba. What do you spend your time on? What do you spend your resources on? Is it all just for the pursuits of this world? Or am I putting something away for the eternal retirement as well? Incredible Gemara. So we'll say now, with the Mishnah, we begin the incredible sugyas of the Seder. So here we go. We'll say, don't worry, there's still plenty of Agatha time, Yeretz Hashem, to come. And again, I would urge you, these agaratas are such important gimars. And I will say, see, sometimes we often wonder why all of the time in session yeshiva education is spent on gimara, spent on gimara. And when you learn sugiyas like this, you begin to understand because the power of gimara is everything is in here. Really, everything is in here. Chumash is in here. Navi is in here. Musr is in here. Hashkafa is in here. Halacha is in here. Gimara, gimara, if learned correctly, if learned correctly is really one-stop shopping. Everything is here. These agaratas are not, not like nice little stories. These agaratas are life lessons. And the great, the great challenge we have is we don't do them justice. But again, I'm only here to whet your appetite. It's, it's your job then to go and satisfy, right? It's your job then to go ahead and eat the full meal on your own side. I, I beg you, don't wait seven and a half years before you come back and you see these gemaras again. Yom Tiv is coming. Plenty of hours. More time to learn in Mir Hashem. Fold down the pages on your Gemara and look, look back at this. So the Gemara's Mishnah says as follows. Mazgulo kos rishon. So they poured them the first cups. We'll see now we're getting into the, the Arbakosos. Pour the first cup. So we already touched on this a little bit when we spoke about the sugyas of Yak Nahaz. But I have poured the first cup. Beshamai says the order of brachas is first to make the bracha alayom, which means, which means Kiddush, Kiddush, and then Hagafen. And then Agafen. So, for example, according to Be'i Shammai, you would say the bracha of Mekadi Shisrael Bahazmanim first, and then you would say Hagafen afterwards. 
Beisilel says no. First, you make the bracha of Hagafen, and then you make the bracha on Mekadish Shabbat on Kiddush. So what's the rest of the machlokes? Ten Rabban, here we go. Ten Rabban on Devarim Shemein Beishamai Ubeisilel Besuda. There are a number of things that Beishamai still disagree about when it comes to the proper order of a suda. But amongst them, Beishamai Omrim Mevarech Al Yom Ve'Achem Mevarech Al Al Hayayin. So Beishamai says first, you make a bracha on Kiddush. Mevarech Al means the bracha of Mekadish Yisrael Azmanim, the bracha of Kiddush, and then you make up the bracha of Hagafen. Why? Why does Beishamai say that? Mepnei Shayom Goreim Liyayin Shiyavo. So we'll say Beishamai's logic is very interesting. Beishamai says, "Why are you making Hagafen? Why are you making Hagafen? I'm making Hagafen because of Kiddush, right? I'm not just stand making Hagafen. I'm making Hagafen because of Kiddush. As such, it is the Yom." That is goring that causes the hagafen. Because it's the yom that's goring, therefore the yom comes before the hagafen. Furthermore, ukvar kiddish hayom, loba. And furthermore, again, there's a second reason Beishamai says, which is that the yom comes before hagafen. Why? Because the kiddush of the day begins as of when? As of sunset. Or as of nightfall, we'll call it as of nightfall. So the yom comes first. Before this ever agafen. So I will say, so Beishamai's logic is twofold. Number one, number one is that it is the Yom that is goring the Yayin. It's the day, it's the Kiddusha of the Yom that causes the need to make Hagafen. And number two, the Kiddusha of the Yom precedes Hagafen, which just means calendrically, right? The Kiddusha of the Yom begins even before I've made any kind of Kiddush. Therefore, again, Beishamai says, Yom comes before Kiddush, before Agafen. Beishil says, no, Beishil says, no, first we make the bracha of Agafen, then we make the bracha on the Yom. Why? Because ultimately, again, it is, it is the Yayin which causes Kiddush, which was according to Beishil, if you don't have wine, or technically speaking, again, chala or matzah, right? You don't make kiddush. There is no concept of kiddush, at least by the suda, if you don't have wine. Furthermore, davar acher berchas hayayin tadira or berchas hayom ino tadira tadir v'sheino tadir tadir kodem. So I'll say furthermore, Beisilo says. There's din of tadiros. You have wine and you have kiddush. You have yain and gafen. So I'll say whenever you have a question, whenever you have two minutes to perform, and you don't know which one comes first, we always employ the concept of tadir b'shino tadir tadir kodim, whichever occurs with greater frequency comes first. So therefore, both sides. So Basilo himself advances two reasons as to why yain should come before kiddush. Reason number one is because it is the yayin that is goring the kiddush. In other words, without wine, there is no kiddush. And number two, tadir v'sheinu tadir tadir kodim. And Abba said, the Gemara says, also, we know this, that therefore, again, when we make Kiddush, first comes the bracha, and then afterwards, we also remember again, our Kiddush is composed of three parts, right? The first part is Pesukim, second part is Hagafen, third part is Kiddush, right? So remember again, in general, the Gemara doesn't focus so much on the first part of the Pesukim, for the simple reason that the psukim are really just, they're nice and they're beautiful and they're more introductory, but love dafka that they're part of the core of Kiddush. The core of Kiddush is the bracha of Hagafen and the actual bracha of Kiddush, right? So on Shabbos, it's Mekadesh HaShabbos. On Yom Tev, it's Mekadesh Yisrael V'Hazmanim. So Mechok is Beisham Beisilel. So the Gemara says, Halach HaFal is Beisilel. So for our purposes, we'll say a Kiddush of introductory psukim, 
Hagofen, and then the bracha of Kiddush. So the Gemara says, my devar achar. So by the way, interestingly enough, when the Gemara quotes the opinion of Basilo, so first Basilo says, first Basilo says, that there is no Kiddush without Yayin. Therefore, Yayin has to come first. And then it says, Dover Acher, furthermore, something else, Tadir Vishenu, Tadir Tadir Kalim. Why do you say Dover Acher? Because maybe you'll say, Hasan Tarti Vahacha Chada. So maybe you'll say, well, of course, Beis Shammai should win. Why should Beis Shammai win this argument? Because Beis Shammai advances two arguments, and Beis Hila only advances one. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 even by Beis Hila, Hochanami Tarti Ninhu, Tadir, Tadir, Vishenu, Tadir, Tadir Kodem. So I'll say, so again, the Gemara says, Dover Acher. Interestingly enough, Beis Hila's core argument is really what? That without Yayin, there is no Kiddush. That, that's their core argument. But the Gemara brings in Tadir Vishenu, Tadir, why? Because without that second argument, you would have assumed that Beishamai wins because Beishamai advances two arguments to support his position. Beishel advances one argument to support his position. So Bepashtos, Beishamai triumphs. To which the Gemara says, Dabar Acher, by the way, Basil also has a second argument. Isn't that obvious? After all, this is really incredible. The Gemara quotes, the, the Gemara, Rashbam quotes the Gemara Masechus Erevin that said that Beisham Beisil argued for a number of years until a Baskal, a heavenly voice, came out and said, Halacha Kedivrei Beisilel. So the Rebbe Shalom himself said, Halacha Falaz Beisilel. So why does the Gemara have to say it? To which the Gemara said, it is incredible. Ibai Seima, Kodnim Baskal. It could be that the statement of this Gemara, that the Halacha Falaz Beisilel was, was written before the Baskal. The Ibai Seima, the Achar Baskal. Or the other possibilities, it's after the Baskal. For Rabbi Yoshua, he the Amar in Mashkichem the Baskal. I also have a reflective view of Rabbi Yoshua who holds we don't listen to a baskal when it comes to halacha. Loba shamayin. Rabbi said this is the famous episode of Tanur Shalachnoi. The Rashbam quotes the story. Tanur Shalachnoi, where again Rabbi remember again you had the incredible machlokes in Rabbi and the Chachamim about the Tanur Shalachnoi about the ritual impurity, the tumah of a particular type of oven. There was a whole machlokes. A baskal came out, decided the halacha. Rabbi Yeshua said, Loba shamayim he. Torah is not in the heavens. We do not decide halachas based on heavenly voices, even if they belong to the Ribbono Shalom. So we'll say, so bottom line, and this is very important, because the halacha l'maysa we paskin like Beisilel, which means that Hagafen comes before Kiddush. And that is how we paskin, again, throughout the year. Yom Tev, Shabbos, first is the bracha of Hagafen, then is the bracha of Kiddush. Why? Because there is no Kiddush without Yayin, and furthermore, Tadir Vishen Tadir, Tadir Kodim. Incredible. We'll say, let's go right to So now we come to the fascinating sugya. So we'll say, here we go. Now you're going to see this Mishnah. It's, there is so much to the say so many exciting sugis here. So here we go, Mishnah. Have you the fun of? They brought before him. Now, again, you'll see the Mishnah itself is phrased in a strange way. So we're going to use the Rashbam to help fill in some of the blanks. What did they bring before him? So the Rashbam says, Hayurakos. So remember, we're going to say, we're going through the Seder now. So we have Kadesh, Urchatz, Karpas. So Bipashtos, what we're referring to over here, is Karpas. That, that, that's what it sounds like. So they brought before him vegetables. Metabo Bechazeres. You take the piece of lettuce and you dip the lettuce. 
You dip the lettuce. Now look at the Rajbam again for just a moment. The Rajbam says over here, "Metabel bechazeres." The Rajbam writes, "Zel loshna tamuk yisanyu leel." Hashem shetabel name be'ayelifisha komach omder v'hai tibul lav becharoses. We both say very exciting, very exciting. So the Rajbam, what are you dipping in, right? So the Mishnah tells me that I dip, but what am I dipping in? So the Rajbam says, "Well, I can tell you what you're not, what what you're not dipping in. What are you not dipping in? Charoses." Not dipping in charoses. Diktani lekamei heviu lefana matzah vechazeres vecharoses. Mechlal daadain lo hevi lo heviu. Vaha chazeres labdafka ele imkini eres. Let's listen to this. So the idea of Yisus Rashbam is we're going to see later on. So we'll say this is, this is also fascinating. We're going to see that from the perspective of the Mishnayis, the seder plate. You didn't have a full Seder plate on the table at the beginning of the Seder. Instead, different things were brought out over the course of the Seder. So the Rashbam points out that later on the Mishnah is going to say they bring out the Charosas, which indicates that at this point, which is the beginning of the Seder, the Charosas is not on the table. So, okay, so we're dipping. What are we dipping? We're dipping lettuce. What are we not dipping? What are we dipping lettuce in? Not exactly sure yet, but one thing is clear, which is it's not in charoses. So we'll say, I'll take, well, just take a look, take a look at Tulsa, so just a moment. Tulsa says, Heviu lefanov, perush Hashem yurakos. So Rashbam says, again, they're bringing out vegetables. So we'll say, look how incredible this is. All the Mishnah says is, they brought out, so I made Kiddush, now the Mishnah says, they bring out before him. So the Rashbam says, brought out before me means the vegetables. Vegetables for what? So according to the Rashbam, the Mishnah is describing karpas now. Tosa says, no, no. What are they bringing out? They're bringing out the Shulchan. Well, so why are they bringing out the Shulchan now? This goes back to what we learned earlier. Because at the time you make Kiddush, what are you not supposed to have in front of you? Food. So therefore, after you made Kiddush, now they bring out the Shulchan. So we'll say, fundamental machlokis, Rashbam and Tosos. Now, I gave you Tosos, I teased you a little bit, now you're going to put Tosos on the side. We're going to go with Rashbam's approach, that in fact, Tevi'u of means vegetables. So they brought out vegetables. Metal bechazeres. So I dip the vegetables. Until I get to the parperes hapas. So we'll say, so again, the wording here is a bit cryptic, but the Rashbam understands that parperes hapas refers to maror. If you look at the Rashbam, so we'll say in Rashbam's version, I'm eating lettuce twice over the course of the Seder. I'm eating lettuce once after Kiddush, that's Karpas, and then I'm going to eat lettuce again later on. For what? For what? For maror. So interestingly enough, now both say, the real maror you can't fulfill until later on. We're going to see something amazing. Real maror, the mitzvah of maror, cannot be performed until later on in the Seder. Now the Rashbam says, that ultimately, again, first you have to eat matzah, and then you eat murder. First you have to eat matzah, because the Pasuk says, Amatsus umerorim yochluhu, you'll eat it, it being the Karabesach, and matzah and murder. So here, according to the Rashbam, I'm eating lettuce now for Karpas, and then I'm eating lettuce again later for murder. I, why can't you just do murder now? Because Rashbam says, murder can't, real murder cannot be consumed until after matzah. Okay, so let's go right to the Mishnah. 
Then they bring out matzah, chazeres. Also, chazeres means lettuce, bepashtos for murder, and charoses, and charoses, ushnei tavshilin, and two cooked foods. Afap, we'll discuss about that. For Afap, she'in charoses mitzvah. Bossi, this is incredible. We bring out charoses, even though what? Charoses is not a mitzvah. Charoses is not a mitzvah. Okay, so I was to Rabbi Zalik Omer mitzvah. Rabbi Zalik says no, charoses is a mitzvah. So also we're going to discuss if charoses is not a mitzvah, then what is it doing there? Then what is it doing there at all? So machlokis if charoses is a mitzvah or not? Again, we'll see all of this. Ube mikdash hayumavi in the fun of gufal shapesach. I will say incredible. And in the times of the base mikdash, they would also bring out the entire lamb. Of the Karim Pesach. So again, this is right. We said before, also remember, they're not bring, they don't bring out the Karim Pesach until after, until after Kiddush is made as well. Now the truth is, they wouldn't bring out the Karim Pesach until later on anyway, because remember again, the Karim Pesach was Neach al-Hasova, right? The Karim Pesach was not per se the main meal, right? You had other Karbanos or, or other sacrificial meat or the meat that served as the main meal. Again, we'll discuss all of this in Gerdith. Rebbe will say, here you see the progression. Now what we're going to focus on is after Kiddush, like I said, we're going to leave aside Tosis, we're going to go into Rashbam, that they're bringing out Chazaris, they're bringing out lettuce for the purpose of Karpas. Amud Beis, Amud Beis, Amud Reish Lakish. So we'll say incredible, incredible Sugya. So Reish Lakish says, Zosomeres, from our Mishnah we learn the following, Mitzos Tzrichos Kavono. Wow. From our Mishnah we learn that in order to fulfill a mitzvah, you must have explicit kavana. Now, now, what does this mean? Look at the Rajban for just a moment. So we'll say, so once again, the Rashbam says something very interesting. You see from here that missiles require Kavana. Meaning, so I'm eating lettuce, I'm eating lettuce for Karpas, even though again, it's the same lettuce I'm going to eat for Maror, but yet I don't fulfill the mitzvah of Maror. Why don't I fill, fulfill the mitzvah of Maror? So Lakish says, that's because mitzvahs require Kavana. And since, as we just said before, that what, that real mar could only be eaten when, when, after matzah, according to, according to the Rashbam, at least for now. So therefore, when I eat this first piece of lettuce, I don't have kavana for actual achilas maror. I have kavana for karpas, not kavana for maror. And because I don't have kavana for maror, therefore what? Therefore what? I'm not yotin mitzvah of maror. Because the Gemara says, Kevin de lo be'idon chiyuva de marahu, da achale bore, priyadamahu da achale. The dilma lo achavin the mar. Because since when I eat the karpas, right, when I eat the lettuce the first time, I'm only saying bore priyadama. I'm not saying alachilas marur. And I also have in mind that real marur has to be consumed after the matzah. Therefore, I'm not the old same marur. Hilchach boy le mehadar lat bul le shem marur. Therefore, I have to eat another kazayas of lettuce later on for marur. Because if mitzvos did not require kavana, right? If you don't require kavana by mitzvos, then what about? So let's play before we go and read the Gemara. If mitzvos don't require kavana, then what? Then what's the next line of the Gemara? Then what? Then what? 
Then when I eat the first kizayis, we'll say, this is not a spectator sport learning. Come on. We'll say, so again, if, if mitzvahs don't require kava, you have the art school in front of you. My gosh. I will say, so again, when, if mitzvahs don't require kava, then what? Then when you go ahead and you eat the first kizayis, then what have you been yotze? Murder. Murder. Right, they will say, if mitzvahs do not require kavana, that means I don't need any explicit intent. We will say, just understand, when we say mitzvahs don't require kavana, pretty much what that means is, as long as the behavioral act is good, you're yotzei the mitzvah. Right? As long, as long as the technical, mechanistic details are there, you're yotzei the mitzvah independent of your das. So that means, when you eat a kizayis of lettuce, Whatever kavana you had or you didn't have, you just fulfilled the mitzvah murder. So Shlakish is pointing out something very interesting. That kind of what you see, the byproduct of this entire sugya, is that clearly mitzvahs require kavana, right? And that's why when you eat that first kizayis of lettuce, right, you're not yotzei murder because you don't have the kavana. Because in your mind, what are you thinking? First of all, real murder comes after matzah. Right now, which, which again, we're, we're going to discuss that concept by itself. But real murder, at least for now, real murder comes after matzah. I'm eating this now right after Kiddush. So the, and all I'm making is a brei dama, and not what? And not what? Alachil asmar, which is a birchas mitzvah on the mitzvah of murder. Therefore, all I'm doing over here is karpas, not mar. Because Reish Lakish says, if di'isa adaitcha mitzvah lo baya kavana, la'amalach treiti bulei, v'hat habilecha dazimna. Because Reish Lakish would say, look, if mitzvahs don't require kavana, then alach alamaisa effectively, I'm really yotze marred with that first kezayis, right? At the end of the day, then halach alamaisa, when I eat that first kezayis of, of lettuce, I'm really yotze marred right then and there because I don't require explicit intent. To which the Gemara says, the Olam, so this is the position of Reish Lakish. So Reish Lakish is just, mostly just as an aside, Reish Lakish says, you see a very important halachic precept that's being developed here, that mitzvos tzrichos Kavana, because if missiles didn't if missiles didn't require kavana, then that first kizayis of lettuce ultimately again should be motzi me in murder as well. To which the gemara says, maybe not, maybe not. The only all the missiles in shichos kavana, maybe not. Maybe missiles really don't require kavana. But one second, and now you're saying, but if missiles don't require kavana, then why am I dipping? Why am I dipping the lettuce twice? Because remember again, remember again, we, the Gemara's going a little bit out of order here, but remember, we're dipping the first vegetable. Now, I, I just want to point out, the Rashbam, if you notice, by the way, two things over here. The Rashbam said, right, the Mishnah says, So remember, the Mishnah doesn't say what you're dipping, right? The Mishnah doesn't say what you're dipping. The Rashbam translates, means yurakos, vegetables. Now, the fact that the Gemara is saying that you could have technically, of speaking, been Yotze, the mitzvah of Maror, the mitzvah of Maror, with your karpas, tells us that what are you using? Lettuce, right? Or Maror, right? The same, the same. So just want to point out, there's a little bit of ambiguity as to what it is exactly that you're using for this dipping. But from this, from this discussion over here, it's clear that contextually, you're using lettuce. You're using the same type of, the same food that you would use for murder, you're now using for karpas. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. If you tell me, maybe mitzvahs don't require kavana. I bet if mitzvahs don't require kavana, then I should be yotze maror. 
with the first dipping as well. So why do I need two dippings? Lamali. Because oh, so what happens over here? So what happens over here is I do two dippings. Why? Because ultimately, again, we do a lot of things over the course of the Seder. To get the children to ask questions. In other words, maybe technically speaking, mitzvahs don't require kavanah. They need to know the missiles don't require kavana. And therefore, again, well, if that's the case, and then again, why am I doing this extra dipping? I could be Yotze Marwit this first time. The extra dipping is here just to do something strange. Why am I doing something strange? Just to get the kids to ask questions. I will say now, what I want to point out is something very interesting. If you hold mitzvos in Lutzrichos Kavana, the mitzvos don't require kavana, Havoch Lamaisa, everyone will agree that if you have explicit intent not to fulfill a mitzvah, then certainly it works. So we'll say, so therefore, again, according to this approach, it's possible that you could be Yotzei Maror even with this first dipping. But I have Kavana that I'm not doing this for Maror. Why am I dipping Karpas? Why am I doing Karpas, so we'll say, Right? Just to get the kids to ask questions. That's it. And remember, again, interestingly enough, we'll see the halacha, oh, well, before we get to halacha, so if that's the case, says the Gemara, why don't you illustrate this idea with karpas that uses other vegetables, not, not lettuce? Because you see, I both say this whole discussion comes up because you're using the same vegetable for karpas as you're going to use for lettuce. If indeed the only reason I do karpas is to stimulate questions, then why don't you use a different vegetable for karpas? To which the Gemara says, Iyashlin if we would have illustrated this concept with other vegetables, I would have said, when do you need a second murder? Only if you use a different vegetable for karpas. But if you use lettuce for karpas, then perhaps you don't have to do another lettuce from Mari Kabiyotse. Both with one. Therefore, the Gemara says, no, the Chiddush Abosai is, even if you're using lettuce for both, again, we're not Yotze Mara with Karpas, because ultimately Karpas is only done in order to stimulate the questioning of the children. Tanya, furthermore, we learned, said the Gemara says, Achlan Demai, Yotza, Achlan Belomiskavin, Yotza, Abosai, the Gemara is talking about again, if you look at the Rashbam, the Rashbam says, Va'otanya behedya, the mitzvos ain tzrichos kavana, v'tiuftidari shalkesh. Also, we bring another Bryce in that house says, that mitzvos don't require kavana, in an effort to refute the position of reshalkesh. So the Mishnah says over here as follows, if you go ahead and you ate from mar, that's demai, or achlan below miskavin, or you ate mar without kavana, yatsa. So I'll say this is pretty explicit, that you can fulfill the mitzvah of mar even without kavana. So mitzvah in shirkos kavana, achlan lachatsa and yatsa. If you ate half a shir, or yotze, or if you ate, or essentially if you take, took the shir of mar, Divided it into two and ate it in two parts. But ultimately, as long as you don't wait longer than between eating the two sections. Okay, we're not going to get into that now. So the Gemara says, Tanoihi. In reality, this entire thing is a machlokis tanoi. But mitzvah srichos kavana, or mitzvah ain't srichos kavana, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Afa pi shetiba bechazeres, mitzvah lahavi chazeres vecharose sushne tafshilin. Rabbi Yossi says, even though you used lettuce for karpas, there is still a mitzvah to bring more lettuce for maror. The Gemara says, Vakati mimai, 
Dilma Kasrabi Yossi Mitzvah Saint Zichos Kavana. Maybe Rabbi Yossi holds mitzvahs don't require kavana. And the only reason Rabbi Yossi holds is that you have to dip the lettuce twice. Or even though Rabbi Yossi holds mitzvahs and shichos kavana, if that's the case, then aren't you yotze maror when you use lettuce for karpas? No, the only reason you'll need it twice. In order to go ahead and create a, an opportunity for questioning for children, if that's the case, then why does Rabbi Yossi say mitzvahs? So I'm sorry for the quick, for the, for the quick nature. Rabbi Yossi, essentially what we have is this follows. Where Rishlakish comes along and says that you see from the Mishnah Mitzvah Shichos Kavana. Because if Mitzvahs didn't require Kavana, you should be Yotze Murrer with the with with the first tipo, with the first tipping. If again, obviously I will say Rishlakish's point only works if you're using murrer, if you're using lettuce for karpas as well. To which the Gemara says, not necessarily. Because even if you hold mitzvos, tzrichos kavana, mitzvos, ain't tzrichos kavana, halacha lamay said, quite possible that the only reason why the first table of karpas was made was in order was to get the children to ask questions. And I will say, bottom line is, halacha lamay said, that is in fact the case. We understand that the reason why Chazal instituted karpas is only to create a certain aberration from the norm in order to go ahead and get the children to go ahead and ask questions. Which is why I will say, interesting enough, but what do we do contemporarily? We go out of our way to use something different for Karpas than what we use for Maurer, right? I just want to point that out. That's like contemporary, different in Hagim, what people use for Karpas, but to whatever degree possible, we try not to use the same item for both Karpas and Maurer. Rabbi said, we do, do, we do something very interesting that links Karpas and Maurer. What's, what links Karpas and Maurer? The Hadama. Right? Rabbi said, remember again, the bracha we make on Karpas, we have in mind that it should be on the Maurer as well. Because remember again, that's a Birchos Hanen. Remember, Rabbi said, even though I make Yiddish. I haven't yet made Hamotzi, because remember, Motzi Matzah doesn't come till later. So I'm going to have to make a Brei Priyadama on the item I'm using for Karpas. And we have explicit intent that the Hadama on Karpas should go on Murr. So, so we do see that technically speaking, the two could be linked. There is a linkage. There is a linkage. However, what we'll call the Birchas HaMitzvah, right? The Birchas HaMitzvah, ultimately, again, of Alachilas Murr, doesn't come until later on because we adopt the position again. The discussion of mitzvahs trichos kavana mitzvahs in trichos kavana is a much bigger discussion that the Gemara does not solve here. But for our purposes, halacha lamaisa, and I will say I, so again. So in a normal situation, we have to stop. In a normal situation, so you would go ahead and you ideally use two different types of vegetables: one type of vegetable for maror, one type of or for karpas, one type of vegetable for maror. They're linked because of the hadoma ultimately works for both of them. What happens if Allah you don't have a different type of vegetable and all you have is lettuce? So what do you do? So I say, you use lettuce twice. You use lettuce for karpas, right? With a, with a regular ha'adama. And then again, you use lettuce later on, ultimately for maror. And Allah so we do not assume that you go ahead and fulfill the mitzvah of maror with the first tibul. Why? Because the entire point of karpas is not to discharge a mitzvah. The entire point of karpas is... To get the children to ask questions. We'll pick up with more in Yonah Seder tomorrow. How could I help you, Frank?